emergency rescue. Some nights, after a particularly traumatic shift, I could not erase the smell of blood or clear the image of a dying child from my mind. My experiences in emergency rescue raised questions that seemed to have no answers. I was confident in Holy Spirit's miraculous power. I had witnessed it firsthand. Yet now I was faced with a hurting world, with people in desperate need, with blood and tears and pain and death, and the church seemed so irrelevant. When we prayed for people in church, it was always beautiful and perfectly under control. But at accident and crime scenes, there was no organ music setting the right atmosphere and no pastor to pray. There were just the moans of the sick and screams of the dying and the heart-rending sobs of mothers holding dead babies or dads searching for missing children. Day after day, this was my reality, and I was completely unprepared for it. I called out to God at this time in my life, desperately wanting Him to show me how to minister to people in the real world. It's not that church isn't real and beautiful. I'm a pastor, as well as a pastor's kid, and I love church. We pray for the sick in our services every week. But hurting people are everywhere, at your workplace, your school, the grocery store, the gym, an accident scene. Wherever you go, God provides opportunities to demonstrate His love and power to hurting people, even if you don't always know how to respond. Church is not, it can't be, the only place God works. In my heart, I firmly believe God wanted to touch every person's life with the same miraculous power I saw regularly in church but I was angry and frustrated because the church seemed oblivious to the needs outside its four walls, and I felt powerless to do anything about it. It was great that we all were praying in church, but we did it with worship music in the background, at the altar, accompanied by language and behavior unfamiliar to the outside world. That approach would have stuck out like a sore thumb outside the church, not to mention that if I prayed for people that way in the back of an ambulance, I'd have been fired. But I needed to do something. For the first time in my life, I was witnessing the painful reality that many people who don't know Jesus live with everyday violence, tragedies, suicides, sexual and domestic abuse, and I had no way to introduce them to the person they so desperately needed to meet. I knew how to be a Christian in church, where everyone spoke the same language and acted the same way, but I had no idea how to bring that faith into my everyday world. The reality was, I wanted God's power, not only in the front of the church, but also in the back of my ambulance. My heart was breaking. I wanted Him to touch people in hospitals, on streets, and in ditches at three o'clock in the morning when I was ankle-deep in water and blood trying to save lives.
and I wanted to find a way to work in the power of Holy Spirit that wouldn't turn people off. I had seen entirely too much of that in my young life, and I was convinced we could be more like Jesus, who somehow performed incredible miracles and attracted people who were far from God. So at that time in my life, when I was balancing the brutal reality of first-response medical aid and faith in a miracle-working God, I asked Him to show me how to pray in a way that got results. I didn't know it then, but what I was longing for was a Spirit-contemporary approach to the Spirit-filled life. Maybe you can relate. You may have wanted to share your faith or wanted to reach out to people in need, or wanted to see miracles happen in the lives of others, but were afraid you'd be pegged as a weirdo or extremist. Or maybe you do share your faith and invite people to church consistently, but can't understand why they don't respond positively more often.